So I had I had an I'm I don't know whether to save this for the sh- for the show or not, but I had I had an epiphany during the Diablo three uh, segment or four Diablo four. Um, they announced like the new classes or the new class, right? And then they went through the one of the developers was on stage talking about the classes in Diablo, and he got to the end the last one and said the powerful druid, and I was like druid, why does that sound familiar? Why do I know? Oh my god, I know where Andy got his name, and it like the light bulb went off, and for years I never knew where it came from until just then. <laughs> That's the first time you've heard of a druid. Probably not the first time I've heard of it, but the first time like it can I connected connection. the dots. <laughs> So I don't know how many years you've had that name, but it's taken that long up until Sunday that I finally figured it out. It was pretty much my first moniker. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm I'm glad it's I'm glad you validated it in your own head now. (laughs) What's I mean? Like then then at the same time I felt so ashamed. I was like, how many years have I known Andy, and it took me this fucking long? (laughs) Like. (laughs) Uh, so anyway, yeah, that was that was my my I'm light gonna, bulb moment. I'm gonna introduce myself as, nice. and I am the druid. <laughs> <laughs> I play as the druid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if every game like that, if that is an option that you don't pick the druid, then what are you doing with your life? <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Bry Guy and the Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is someone who is still asking, where the fuck is my Skull and Bones game? Andy Stoles. What's up, podcast people? Uh, next up, he's our very own Resident Evil, Mike Bradley. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, lastly, uh, the scorniest scorn that has ever scorned, Ian Leidick. I'm a bitch, I'm a lover, I'm a frog churning butter. That's great. Camp. Oh, God. All right. Uh, so <laughs> for for this episode, uh, we're going to dive into some video game announcements. So we had uh, this past week had a bunch of digital events to check out. So we had uh, Sony's State of Play for PlayStation. Uh, Jeff Keighley kicked off Summer Game Fest with an event. Um, we had the Xbox Bethesda Game Showcase uh, a couple days ago. Um, and one of the things that we didn't get this year that we typically do around this time is E3. Uh, E3 is usually one of the big video game conventions that reveals a whole bunch of announcements and stuff, but E3 has been struggling lately. Companies have been pulling out, doing their own events, so this year's E3 was canceled. Um, I don't know if it's coming back. We'll see if they regroup next year and actually try to do something. I don't know if it'll be in-person event, digital event. Uh, it's all kind of, uh, up in the air. It's only coming back if Phil wants it to. Yeah, we'll see. He's on the board. Is he? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Um, some other companies I think around this time that typically have done their own events that I, I don't think have, or at least canceled theirs, the two big ones that I can think of, EA and Ubisoft, um, EA has done their EA Play Live event the last few years, um, they cited this year that things were just not lining up for their release schedule, so they didn't have enough stuff to show, so they did not do one this year, um, so we'll see if, uh, they still have Skull and Bones going. Is that EA? 
Ubisoft. Uh, Ubisoft, Ubi. I think, has the has the yeah, that was supposed to be theirs. Mixed yeah, them up. EA already Sorry. released the season one trailer for Battlefield and people were already pissed, so they're like, fuck. Yeah. I guess Madden. <laughs> well, I think you want some I footy? Was, I was curious if like the, these guys would just be part of like the summer game fest stuff, because that stuff goes from like June through August with random little events here and there or developer sit downs and stuff like that. EA is listed as a partner for Summer Game Fest, so there's a chance we could get some EA stuff over the course of the next couple of months, but I don't know. I tried to look at Summer Game Fest like schedule of events, but they don't have too much listed right now. They go, they cover like the month of June, and then after that, it's kind of up in the air. So I don't know if we're gonna get something from EA in July or August, but maybe Apex we'll hear some stuff. Trailer. What was it? Apex season trailer. Yeah, maybe. Um, Ubisoft. I don't think looking at the list of partners, they are not listed as a partner for Summer Game Fest. So I don't know what the hell they're doing. I don't know if they're planning their own thing, if they just don't have anything to announce, they're not doing anything. I have no idea. They had a thing today, actually. It was an Assassin's Creed thing, specifically today. I didn't watch any of it, but I saw that it was advertised as like starting in 20 minutes or something when I was yeah, browsing okay. through YouTube. There was a some event they were having today centered around Assassin's Creed. So maybe that's what they'll do. Maybe they'll do just little pocket things around specific franchises or IPs that they have and kind of go from there. So either way, I think... Go ahead. uh, So Ubisoft just teased that they might announce a new Assassin's Creed in September. That they might? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's pretty much all... Like, that's their big announcement is Assassin's Creed stuff. Well, there's that Rainbow Six game that got the beta that kind of sucked, that team-based shooter one. Oh, Extraction? Was was that a beta? It was like a really access thing, beta. You're not talking about Extraction. You're talking about No, not Extraction. It was the team-based, like, hero shooter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Okay, I remember seeing that. That flopped pretty hard. People didn't like it. Extraction technically still exists. No one talks about it. Uh, Rainbow Six Siege, still doing numbers somehow. Yeah. For Honor, still gets updates. Yeah, I mean, I they, they have some... even Ubisoft. They have some games they're supporting, for sure. I mean, they still make money off Just Dance. That's their franchise, too, that they still put out. That they were doing yearly. I don't know if they still are. I'll check Amaraf's stream. <laughs> Far um, Cry. Oh, yeah. Far Cry, yeah. That's true. So, they, I mean, they have stuff. I just don't know, I guess, what's what they're due out for over the next year or next six months that they want to talk about. Maybe another, like, sexual harassment story is about to leak for them. <laughs> every, every studio seems to be hitting with those, with those already. Um, all right, so all things aside, you know, like we've done with some of the E3 and Summer Game Fest shows in the past, since those events have so many announcements and reveals, there's no way we're going to try to take the time to cover everything. Um, so what we've done in the last couple of years is basically each of us picks three games that most appeal to us from any of the events we've seen so far. And then we just kind of talk about them. Um, I think the one question I was gonna ask you guys, maybe before we even get started, uh, and I was thinking about this recently, so I just kind of threw it in the, my little outline, but like out of the events we saw, I think there was some games that I sort of expected to see that we didn't. Was there anything else that caught your guys' attention that you you were expecting to see or thought we might hear some words from that? They, they weren't anywhere to be seen. Like, the big ones for me, like, God of, War, God of War Ragnarok, I'm surprised, was not in the state of play for PlayStation. They didn't talk about that yeah. one. Like, the Xbox event didn't give any updates on Gears of War. Uh, we didn't get anything from... Not that I don't think Halo has anything really big going on, but we didn't get any big announcements or reveals for Halo, which is a big franchise for them. Well, they listed Season three's coming out in the next 12 months. 
And apparently they don't care if it's not part of the show, or at least not enough to talk about. I don't know. Maybe they don't even know what they're doing for the next season yet. I don't know. Um, I would have liked to have seen something for... Um... Oh, God, cut me. Stalker 2 or 3, whatever it is. Oh, whatever yeah. Stalker okay. they're on. But I, I can't I just... remember. They might be impacted by the Ukrainian situation. I can't remember where they're actually located. Well, the the thing about today, we, like, we're recording this on uh, the 14th of June, which is two days after Xbox's event. Xbox had another extended showcase today, sometime this afternoon. I thought I saw some Stalker stuff come out of that. I didn't watch that show. I just happened to see, like, some new stalker videos hit Xbox's YouTube channel when I was trying to scroll through what was announced over the weekend. So there might be some new details on that that we'll, we'd have to go back and check. I don't know if it was so much as like a release date or anything like that, but we might have got some new details. Um, Andy, anything else you're looking forward to besides Skull and Bones? Or are you still waiting for some Skull and Bones stuff? <laughs> I'd like to see some more Skull and Bones stuff. I feel like they haven't sent anything like even remotely polished yet, other than just like ideas and themes um but well they confirmed it's still in development right it's not canceled it's not canceled. Like you and i looked at that on twitter i think that they, yeah, they confirmed they're still working on this thing yeah like it's it's they're, they're like it's coming out guys like okay good <laughs> good, good to know um it, it's in development hell the the other one that i was sort of shocked that i didn't they didn't even give like any kind of inkling towards was the elder scroll six uh, okay yeah um, I would have thought we would have gotten just a little bit of just, just a little tidbit because I mean that's what Todd Howard likes to do. Likes to do. He likes yeah. to just like give you a little breadcrumb and like have you feast on it for three and a half years. I, mean, <laughs> I think the reason we know they confirmed it is because people were like, "Are they gonna make another one?" And Todd's like, "I guess I gotta fucking tell these retards <laughs> we're making another one." <laughs> Otherwise, I don't think they would have announced it. Still, I Todd did confirm. Uh, I think to IGN or someone else, um, they're they're making Fallout Five, which is expected. Yeah. Yes, I like I said, I'm not stunned. It's not going to come out till 2033, but you know <laughs> they're making it. We'll see. You know, the only way it comes out sooner is if now that Microsoft fully being in control, they're like, we all make Bethesda games now. <laughs> you know, it's like throws Obsidian or someone at it too. Yeah. Now that Grounded might be wrapping up, I don't know how. That's going to be a full-on gas game, or they're going to be done once that's released. Yeah, I don't know if that's a live service type of thing or not. If they're if they're planning like other updates and stuff after the fact, or if there's this is the shipped finished product and have fun with it. Fallout Five is going to be good. I was pretty disappointed with the Fallout seventy six and how it was more like Ark than actual Fallout. So yeah, it just didn't really appeal to I, me at all. Uh, hopefully, they learned from that. Yeah. Fallout 76 is going back to Pittsburgh. Did you see that? Getting DLC or a content update for, for the pit. Oh, yeah. I know people still play it, and I think it does have like a bit of a fan base or whatever, but it's just it's not my bag, baby. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, Mike, anything you, you missed from some of the stuff we've seen so far? Um, I mean, there was a couple things that would have been cool to see. You know, we got a little bit of a Modern Warfare 2 showcase from... Uh, Infinity Ward there, but we didn't get... I was expecting maybe like a peek or a hint or something at what the Warzone 2 map's going to be like. You know, yeah. just something. Just, you know I mean, just a idea of a setting, you know? Would have been cool. Um, Yeah, I mean, and other than that, I expected at least an announcement about Elden Ring having DLC. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and... 
nothing in sight as of yet for that. Yeah. Um. But I mean, other than that, there wasn't really anything that I was like, "Oh, this has to happen," or thinking yeah. that it would. There's a couple um, other like little games that, well, maybe not little, but stuff that was that was teased briefly last year that I had in my mind, like, "Oh, I kind of want to see more of that." There was one one game last year at one of the events. I think it was called like Little Devil Inside, which showed a little bit of gameplay and stuff. And I don't remember really what it was, but I I remember it sticking out to me like, "Oh, I want to know more about that game. I kind of want to see it and try it when it comes out." And I don't think it showed up anywhere this year, so I don't even know if it's still on the docket for this year, if it's going to come out, if it's slated for next year. I don't know. Um, Was it an I think, indie game? I think it's more indie. I don't remember it being one okay. of the bigger publishers, but I can't remember who, who was making it to even tell you. I'd have to look all that stuff up again, which I didn't do beforehand. Um, um, I think Nintendo Direct is... They're going to do another one here in about a month. Okay. So yeah, I don't know if it was... They, I'm they trying to remember a, where... A pretty big Like game where game. I, I saw the trailer for it before. I don't remember if it was a PlayStation event or an Xbox event that showed it, but... um. And the other one I think was, I know was at the Xbox event last year, because I think it's a Bethesda game. Um, and there was no gameplay. It was just like a teaser pre-rendered footage thing. Kind of just trying to give you an idea what the game was. But it was called Contraband, which was oh, like a co-op heist, supposedly is what they're teasing type of game. And all it was was like, the trailer was just like, hey, you're in a, uh, almost like a repair shop, and you're just everybody's stand still and the camera is just scrolling through the building to give you a taste of like set pieces maybe, or, or little details about the game. Nothing, no footage for the game, no like announcement for dates or anything like that. So I figured we were a ways off, but I thought we'd at least get another breadcrumb this year since it was another Bethesda title that maybe we could see something. Um, so I was a little disappointed. I didn't see that, but I don't know if it's still a few years out that there's no, there's always next year, I guess. They're trying to differentiate it from Bethesda's other team-based shooter, Redfall. Which could be, yeah. I mean, I don't know how much... Like, I feel like the heist mechanic is the more draw for this one, unless the shooter part of it, I guess. That was the issue with, I think, last year's Xbox Showcase, is there were, like, too many team-based shooter-like games. Like, it felt like there was a shit ton of them, and a shit ton just came out. You had, like, Outriders, the Aliens one... Like yeah, Dark Tide's yeah. coming this year. There's like a shit ton of them right now. So I get not showing that again this year. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we I feel like we had space overload this year. There's a lot of space games this year. And oh yeah, and I did check. Uh, the stalker devs are in Ukraine. Well, some of them are still there. They yeah. have the vid. They released the trailer for the game, and they also released the dev diaries showing some of them fleeing the Ukraine. Oh god. Uh, buildings near their uh, like a half mile from their offices being bombed the fucking back. Jeez. And their lead AI developer manning a machine gun. <laughs> Cuz that's what he does now. He's in the army. All right. So it's uh, not great what's happening with so that's them. Probably, yeah, that's probably not coming out anytime soon. But yeah. They're say they're working on it. There's one dude in his bathroom like this is my office now. <laughs> Jesus it's Christ. gotten dark there. So hopefully, yeah. you know, one day they can get back to something resembling normalcy. Yeah, kudos for them for still trying to work. Jesus. Um, well, on that note, we'll try to get into the stuff that appealed to us. Um, so we're going to go around our little order for here. We're going to give get one from Mike, one from Ian, one from me, one from Andy, and then we'll loop back around and get another one. So we each have three to talk about. Uh, Mike, you want to kick us off? What's your first game you're looking forward to? Uh, so we're, we're going to start this off. I'm just going to set it up for you. I'm going to read directly what they have on their Steam page. And uh, 
see if it sounds interesting to you guys. Because yeah, this was a short trailer. You guys may not have even noticed it. Not even sure if you'll know what I'm talking about when I bring it up. If you didn't specifically watch it because I put it in chat. Scorn. Maybe you did. Scorn. Oh, shit. We, somebody else has Scorn? <laughs> I think we all have Scorn. <laughs> That's we got false. some Scorn That's, fever. It's very false. Set on an abandoned lunar base designed Routine. around an 80s vision of the future. Curious exploration turns into a need for survival when a lunar base goes completely quiet. Searching for answers puts you face-to-face with an enemy who is certain that the main threat is you. Discoveries lead to deeper unknowns, and the only way to go is forward. Callisto Protocol. This is Routine. This is a game called Routine from Lunar Software. They are an Ah, indie developer. One of the space horror games we saw. (laughs) There were a lot of. And then there were also Um, just a lot of space games. This is being made by... A team of nine guys are working Jeez. on this game, um, and it was first announced. Andy, I feel your pain on this one. Not as much, because I haven't been looking forward to it the whole time. I first saw it after that, but first announced in 2012, <laughs> and the first trailer that I was able to find of it was actually longer than the one we recently got. Uh, and that was from like 2015, and I actually like had remembered some of it from back then because it's a very unique feel on that trailer that they put out back then. And yeah, it looks creepy and crazy, and all kinds of atmosphere is set up in both of the major trailers they've put out, and it also is having music done by Mick Gordon. Uh, now, Mick Gordon, whether you, if you know Mick Gordon, he's responsible for both Doom and Doom Eternal soundtracks. Among many other games that he's done, those are the most notable that he's known for. Gotcha. And uh, he's been on with this game evidently since about the start. He, th- this is not a new pickup for him. This is something he's been on with for a while, and now he has officially listed it there. Um, evidently, the game went through like development hell trying to get made, um, because when they were going from the Unreal Engine 3 to Unreal Engine 4, the development team could not afford to get computers that could do it. And there was a very generous investor who came forward and wanted to see the game made that bought them the equipment they needed so they could make the game. And so now they have been able to finally present us with a trailer in in hopes that this is actually happening sometime fairly soon. Uh, There is no date on it as of yet. So, it looks cool as shit. It's, you know, did you guys watch this trailer? Was this during the Xbox showcase? This was Summer Game Fest. Summer Game Fest, so... The one thing that stood out to me, because I, what I thought it was going to be, because the robots looked, I thought it was Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> That's what those robots reminded me of, the Five Nights really? at Freddy's, when like the animatronics get ripped off. So I thought this was like another Five Nights at Freddy's spinoff, because you're allowed oh. to just make those games, and then you ask the guy that made it, like, hey, is this game good enough to join the Freddyverse? And he says yes or no. <laughs> So that's what I kind of thought this was, was a Five Nights at Freddy's spinoff. Um, 
the gun thing, I I wasn't sure. Like I like, was doing like it had like the gun the guy had has like this weird '80s filter on it. But I'm also just mm-hmm. kind of curious what the gun does. If I remember correctly, he doesn't actually use it in the trailer unless it was in a different one he did. So you can also see this on the Steam page where it actually says that gun is called the CAT, the cat. And it's like the something, something, astronaut, cats. something. Basically, this is going to be a game, if you remember, like Alien Isolation, where you're kind of helpless. And mm-hmm. that that thing you can get upgrades with along the way, but it says like you're only using it as an absolute last resort. That's what it says on the Steam page. So to me, that says that's like a one-time use, get-out-of-jail-free card to zap the thing or something like that. Or maybe yeah. it helps you grapple to somewhere or cloaks you or something it doesn't really get into what it actually does but it just says like you're able to upgrade it and do stuff with it and but it's not going to be something that you're like crutching on or using like a gun no i'm curious i think horror games work best horror wise when it's like a horror movie and you have no chance (laughs) you can't survive against jason he's jason yeah like i think that kind of works best. I'm curious if there's going to be other enemies because the other thing I don't like in horror, I, like the whole scary thing is not knowing what you're up against kind of because you're your own worst enemy in that sense and you fill in what the thing is scaring you, you know? So I'm hoping it's not just the robots because we see completely what the robots look like. So that makes them less scary. But I guess it could still work for atmospheric horror, but you know what I mean? That, that was something the first trailer did really well. Um... Hey, did you go back and watch that one by chance? I did no. not. It, well, it, it's a bit longer, and it gives you actual gameplay as opposed to just, you know, whatever that you want to call this. Um, but it gives you, like, actual gameplay. And there's, in the gameplay, you see, like, shadows. And then you're running away, and you hear, you know, like, the approaching, running, clunk, 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 coming right up behind you. And then the trailer cuts as you get, like, ripped off a ladder. But it doesn't ever actually show you what that shadow was in the original trailer. Um, but yeah, like I agree, being helpless to defend yourself is, you know, like it's literally just run. That's survival. As opposed to, you know, I love Resident Evil, but it doesn't feel quite as much like survival horror anymore because you're just blasting. You know, mm-hmm. you're just, it's still fun. It's still a good game, but it's not as survival-y as... Action. Yeah, it's an action. Yeah, game it's, now. it's right. It's more action horror, which is cool. But it's like I I'll... I remember the I remember the trailer for this game, and I think the the helplessness com- compounded with like the jump scares of a horror game is just like nope, that's not for me. Like <laughs> jump scares are one thing. Like in, I can sort of handle like Resident Evil and stuff like that. But to more your guys' point, that's because Resident Evil feels like you get a fighting chance to fight your way out of things, so I feel a little bit better with some games like that. But, like, you described with it just being, there's no hope, your only hope is to run, and there there's nothing to fight back with, on top of just all the atmosphere, sound design, jump scares. Nope, I'm, I'm fine. I'll, I will find something else to play. <laughs> Andy, what do you think? Is this in your wheelhouse? It sounds pretty interesting. I, I'm not sure if it's in my wheelhouse. Exactly. Um, my favorite survival horror game was Dead Space. So, I mean, it does have, like, the space theme to it. So, um, maybe? I, I would have to... I didn't actually get a chance to watch the trailer, but it sounds interesting. Okay. 
Uh, Mike, you got anything else for this one, or we'll spin to Ian? I, there, there's not really a lot to go on other than just a little bit that we have, so. Okay. No. Uh, Ian, you're up. I don't know. I'm curious if you're starting with Scorn, ending with Scorn, putting Scorn in the middle of the Scorn sandwich. I don't know how you're doing this. Yes to all. No one puts <laughs> Scorn in the corner. Nobody puts baby down. <laughs> Let's get moist. It's the H.R. Grieger wet dream. A grisly nightmare. Eyeball hand. You awake in a desolate hellscape. You're a biomechanical man. Desolation. Hidden fauna. No dialogue. Storyline is the environment? <laughs> Are things connected by, dare I say, strands? Oh, God. Scorn is not a shooter, and I'll never sleep again. If you take everything Brian hates about horror and made a game <laughs> distilled in his nightmare sweat, you have Scorn. Eight years in off. the making, a legacy untold, we all shall become Scorned. Scorn was shown for the first time a couple years ago at an Xbox thing, and it's just a bunch of phallic shapes and weird alien-like <laughs> objects, which is basically just your your typical H.R. Grieger high school assignment. <laughs> uh, it reminded me a lot of like some of the artwork you could see in Jabberwocky's Dune, which had H.R. Grieger as the um, art designer for it, where everything was a phallic palace. <laughs> and they took that and were like, let's make a video game. So the PC gaming show which I believe took place a couple hours after the Xbox showcase that think, was this yeah, past week, yeah. had a slightly extended trailer with a voiceover from one of the designers on the game who stated, there's no dialogue. It's not, not a shooter. You don't use weapons to fight anything. I thought the trailer did show him holding some sort of weapon. Yeah, was... but you use it to activate things in the environment. Ah, okay. You don't actually fight enemies with it. Okay. Um, you do get chased down by a mutated frog master child that's a demon from my nightmares. <laughs> I saw that in the trailer. It was the fuck. It, it's just the combination of things I really like from the, the my kind of horror where it's an amalgamation of things that the human mind shouldn't be comprehensible. Like, <laughs> we're talking like um Lovecraftian type horror, that cosmic horror where it's things horrifying because the human mind can't comprehend it. Everything in Scorn is biomechanical it's part biology part mechanic sort of like the young zung vong from star wars oh that's a deep pull there we go no one got that reference but you <laughs> i got it <laughs> i was just saying anybody read some books and you play as a skinless man so i'm sure that excites you you're a skinless biomechanic man and you have to interact with the environment to escape the prison nay the hell you are in in scorn scorn is hell and you're in it with no skin, eyeball in your hand, carrying around. You know the um the prophets from Halo. Okay. Okay. Imagine one of them, but on like um like a floating like throne thing, and they're like melted down and like mixed in with like mushrooms, and they look like they're dying of everything. At one point in the trailer, you're carrying that around, and in my head, I'm just going scorn, scorn for the bad. And it looks so fucking awesome, and I can't wait. It is the dopest, trippiest <laughs> fucking thing, and I'm gonna like, I'm gonna play it on every drug. <laughs> <laughs> well, the big thing with this is we, I think, like you and I had co have conversations uh, before all this. There was no mention of whether Scorn was even gonna make it out this year. Like they talked no. about a release date in the fall. They had they made no mention of it ever showing up or like it was gonna. We assumed it was delayed until next year. 
So that's the thing. It was originally announced last year as a 2021 release. It was pushed back into 2022. We had, like you said, discussed it. And I found, okay, they said October 2022 was the last thing. Then we didn't hear anything about it for a while. I think Microsoft had did some stuff and there was no mention of it. So I went to Venture Beats, now Giant Bombs, Jeff Grubb, one of the number one internet leakers, <laughs> to his weekly show to ask him, how is Scorn? <laughs> and he said, yeah, no one's talking about it. I don't know if it's still coming out this year. And I was scorned. That's <laughs> how that felt. That hurt. And then going into it, I'm like, there's been no mention of it. No one's talking about this game enough. And there we go, Scorn trailer, October 22nd, 2022, the world is saved, the world is phallic, it's a man's world of your biomechanic fungi fucking power. Alright, so it's it's hands down, no one is more excited about this than Ian. Like, <laughs> me? Be the lead designer and the lead designer's wife. <laughs> Just so he can shut the fuck up about talking about this game that he's been making for four years. He's been talking about Scorn so much that it's like a meme now. It's kind of like how everyone no, thinks of the no, movie no, They see Morbid no, out. No. <laughs> I knew where you were going. <laughs> This is like my Morbius. I'm morbid out over scorn. <laughs> um, uh, Andy, are you are you as scorned as Ian? Are you gonna put scorn head? I I'm hesitant for this one. Honestly, um, I didn't watch the updated gameplay trailer. I just remember the one we talked about previously. Um, yeah, and it just it it's odd enough to be good, but also odd enough to make me not want to play it. <laughs> Does that make sense? I don't, Ian. I don't remember. Did they talk about this as being on Game Pass, or is this just something that was coming to Xbox? Day one Game Pass, yeah. Okay. So there's a chance, Andy, if you're still in Game Pass, you could you could check it out for free. True, true, true. It's scornerific. <laughs> It'll give you a scornia. Mike, you're gonna get some scornia playing this game. I was gonna go like scorny or something <laughs> like that, but um, no. It, like I, I'm gonna play it because it it looks cool, but I'm I'm nowhere near the level of excited. <laughs> um, you know, like it, it looks cool. I'm gonna play it. We'll see if it's good. Um, Irrelevant, honestly. It's, it's scored <laughs> paradise. I, okay, so it, that's fine. It, it looks interesting to me, and you know, it, I'm not I'm not all aboard the hype train for it just yet i think it's one of those like perfect game pass games i don't think it's a triple a game it's at best a double a game but they're doing something you don't see this type of not only horror but atmosphere in video games and to be able to do it through the microsoft umbrella and then put it out in a way a lot of people can try it out i think is kind of what i want game pass to be um there's that was that obsidian game shown the one with like the victorian not victorian like the old catholic imagery i think it's called Petnance. Like those oh, yeah, are the kind the, of games with the book and the, like yeah. the, the almost like hand drawn comic looking yes. art style or whatever with it. Yeah. Like those kinds of games I think are made for game pass where you can do something kind of fucking weird that like some freaks on the internet really are into, you know, <laughs> case in point, this guy, you know, I'm slobbering <laughs> over it. You know, <laughs> I just want a mouthful of scorn. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely more prone to trying games like that. If they're free to download and play. Well, not free, yeah. but like I, I'm already paying for. Include if your subscription. Right, right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. I, I, 
agree with Ian that I, I like that games like this exist be, through that Microsoft umbrella of Game Pass and stuff like that, just to be able to get the game into hands of people to try it out. I will not be one of those people. I don't care if I, even though I'm signed up for Game Pass, this is not one that's going to make my list. I, I will let you tell house. me all about it. I will be fine hearing it, you know, firsthand from you. Breaking into your house, deleting all the games off your Xbox, downloading only <laughs> Scorn and destroying your Wi-Fi. <laughs> You're playing the Scorn. Scorn probably won't work. It probably needs to be connected to the internet to be able to function, so. That's coming up later. You should, <laughs> you should also draw draw an eyeball on his hand so when he wakes up, he's like, ah! Don't give him ideas, Andy. What the fuck? <laughs> no, just so you know, I was there one single googly eye on your hand. <laughs> My got really, I, I thought it was weird before. It's just getting even more, more fucked up and weird. <laughs> um, all right, I'm not even going to give you the opportunity. We're done with Scorn. We're going <laughs> to move on to the next one. <laughs> um, so that means it's my turn. So uh, I, I took a lot of the obvious choices, I think, out of these games. Um, the first one I'm going to talk about is one I think Mike already brought up a little bit, uh, Modern Warfare 2. So it's the latest game in the Call of Duty franchise. It brings back Infinity Ward as developer for this game, which I think is hands down the best COD developer out there. Uh, the last game they did was 2019's Modern Warfare, which revamped COD with a new engine, debuted Warzone, which was the big free-to-play battle royale. Infinity Ward started that. Um, and while I don't, I mean, I don't really expect a lot of like upgrades and fundamental changes to the franchise, because they don't traditionally make a lot of leaps in development and stuff in between games. Um, I'm I'm more interested in the same thing Mike was. I want to see what Warzone 2.0 looks like, which they haven't talked about. But this game is still on my radar because of that. Uh, they they mentioned that, like the only thing we really got was single player stuff. They showed some story campaign mission. Um, they didn't even talk about multiplayer too much. Like they talked a little bit about uh, the gunsmith getting some upgrades for for uh, Modern Warfare 2. Um, I think they had talked about allowing 10 attachments on a gun, just like they do in Vanguard now. Um, so I'm curious to see how that all comes together. Uh, I have such a love hate relationship with call of duty multiplayer that I, you know, is for as much time as I put into some of these games, I, I bitch about them just as much. Like there's like, I can never find that happy medium of kind of enjoying myself for a while. It's either I enjoy it for a little bit, then I get sick of it. Then I take a break, then I come back and then I like it for a little bit. Then I get sick of it. It's just... It's the revolving door of Call of Duty games for me, and that's how I kind of am. Uh, but, again, this this really hits my radar for Warzone 2.0. I really want to see what that game tends to be. I don't think it's going to release at the same time the game comes out, which right now the game is slated for October 28th. I imagine Warbone, Warzone 2.0 would be a couple months later, so I don't know if it's going to hit the very end of the year or if they're going to push it to early 2023. But I'd be very surprised if Warzone 2.0 comes out at, like, at the end of... October like this game does but I don't know if uh Mike since you talked about Modern Warfare earlier too or you you know I know you're looking forward to Warzone 2.0 anything else you want to add for Modern Warfare I mean I I'd say I'm more looking forward to the multiplayer than Warzone okay um like I was surprised we didn't see Warzone too yeah like didn't see anything but we you know seeing you know Modern Warfare 2 they're saying it's a new engine and you know this is going to be a two-year uh, cycle for the first time in like 20 years for a Call of Duty game. Um, so, you know, like if you're unaware of that, 2022, we're getting Modern Warfare 2. There is no 2023 Call of Duty game. Yeah. Uh, Treyarch's next game will be in 2024. 
presumably if they go on the same loop of, you know, Infinity Ward, Treyarch, and then Sledgehammer, um, it will be Treyarch in 2024. But and there, everything, there is... if everything goes on schedule too, that might be a Microsoft-owned Call of Duty game at that point. And it's possible. I mean, the, the timing and the legality of all that, I don't know specifically when that's all going to occur. Yeah. June 2023, I think, is the plan. I mean, but I, don't they have contracts like signed out for games that they haven't even? You know, no, I mean they, they have to like. There is an agreement for like I think the next two Call of Duties to release on PlayStation, but I don't think there's dates attached to those. Okay. So whatever Treyarch's doing would still then be there. Or Sledgehammer. <laughs> so we could get coming. like a limited limited time exclusive on Xbox, and then a couple months later it hits PlayStation or something no, like that. You, you shit I, out the shitty Sledgehammer game for PlayStation's last one. You save Treyarch <laughs> for Xbox exclusive, baby. <laughs> I, I The thing for me that I, I would love to see, personally, is them start having these studios collaborate instead of, you know, and make these... Because we're seeing a lot more long-form game as a service type titles come out today yeah to see call of duty look at their games more in that respect and you know say like we can release one game have all these studios work together on it have that be the definitive title that we put out and then milk that the way that games milk money these days that all these games as a service do because they're milking it with warzone i i feel like they probably would have a cheaper overall process and more total profit by having the studios work together i mean they kind of do that already like outside of treyarch and infinity ward most act non-blizzard activision studios are just cod support studios nowadays yeah like that's why their slate's not that big like even though the sledgehammer game that got bumped for black ops cold war like partly that might have gotten bumped because the game wasn't good but it also got bumped for sledgehammer to work on other cods like, right. that, like Raven software, Raven used to make some really awesome games and all they're doing is and they're in charge of Warzone now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think I could see it. I mean, I wouldn't mind like instead of Treyarch making Black Ops Korean War, they make Modern Warfare 2 Zombies or Modern Warfare 2 Vietnam throwback thing. Like they could make a campaign in that yeah. engine with new weapons instead of making a whole new game every time that could be something i think they could do and it's something you know halo infinite's name applies infers it's something ubisoft mentioned doing with assassin's creed in the future having like a hub world with all the games so i i think it's something they can do it's just does big dick bobby Kodak see that vision well big dick bobby Kodak probably won't be around long enough to matter and eventually they can just decide without him but I think one thing you didn't mention that it would really help with is also the integration into Warzone. So you have all these different games right now, and every time it comes through, you have a different integration for a new game into Warzone, and then those guns either become the meta or they're useless. And then it happens the same way for the other guns, and the way that they sell things is they make them the meta. Yeah, and I'm it, curious. It's, it's tough balancing three engines. I'm curious how into this a is, single game. This is all going to work with 2.0. Like, are we going to is is basically everything that's out in Warzone up until that point stay in Warzone, or are they going to like wipe the? Obviously, I think Warzone 2.0 is basically starting from scratch, right? I think they're going to do like yes. a different engine and stuff for that new new like uh Everything. arsenal of guns and all that stuff. Nothing's carrying over from Warzone one, so nope. it's it's back to basics kind of thing. But if they sustain that for another two years or three years, like they were doing with Warzone One, 
eventually they could hit critical mass like they're doing again now, which is too much shit coming from two different places and you can't balance it all together. Yeah. So we'll see. But that would be a good turn for the franchise. Yeah. Is to make one cohesive title that really works on all aspects as opposed to shitting out a title every year. Right. I think even you could keep doing the Call of Duty release schedule, but just not have them all integrate into Warzone and just have that sell its own cosmetics. Which would be the smarter. Yeah, I think that's a little bit safer just to keep Warzone balanced is update Warzone separately than what the actual annual releases or, you know, every other year releases are doing. Like most other Battle Royales don't even have the 25 guns each COD releases with. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Or they find ways to cycle them in and out so that you're not have that big of a loophole like, and stuff Apex like that. Apex doesn't have that many still, and it's been out three years. Yeah. And they were adding a gun, like, at least, like, I think once or twice a year for a bit. Well, like Mike said, if we have a two-year development cycle between Warzone, or Modern Warfare 2, and whatever the next Call of Duty is, that means there's two years of Warzone 2.0, presumably, that they don't have to factor in something from another game. They just have two years to play with Warzone and whatever they built, and that's it. And hopefully the plan is to make Treyarch used the same engine, so all those integrations yeah. are easier too, and so that like one game randomly doesn't have mounting. Yeah, yeah. Um, Andy, I know you're not real big on a, of a COD guy, but any interest in Modern Warfare Two? Probably not. No. Okay. Um, I think the last Call of Duty I played was World at War. World at War. I think that was what 360. That was yeah. Three, yeah. yeah. I don't know. In my opinion, there's just there's there's too much saturation in the Call of Duty Battlefield realm. It's just yeah. like when when like like Mike said, you shit out of a game every year. It's just I got behind one year. I wanted to get the next <laughs> one, and then I got behind two years, and it's it's you just like you're never gonna catch up. And eh, at, at one point, at one point, I just threw my hands up and said, "Ah, yep, I'm not a Call of Duty player anymore." So. <laughs> It is the first time since Call of Duty became a franchise that they won't be releasing a title in a year. Yeah. It's oh, it's like more than 20 years since they have had a year where they didn't release a game. So, yeah, it's ridiculous the amount of Call of Duty titles that have existed. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll spin off to Andy. Andy, what's your uh, first choice? My first one is going to be Diablo 4. Okay. Um, they... It, it's it's been announced for a while. Um, I think they just announced the final class of Diablo Four, being the Necromancer, which is really yeah. cool. I've always really liked the Necromancer class. Um, it looks like a really cool game. I think they've really integrated it well uh, cooperatively. And in, in fact, I think you're able to couch co-op it now. And I do believe they have introduced crossplay to it. I don't know in what regards crossplay. They only mentioned. Um, Xbox, Xbox and PC, and PC, I think, right? But um, I'm not sure. Still something. Yeah, if they're gonna do the PS and better than Xbox nothing. And yeah, yeah. But I, I, I've loved the Diablo franchise for a while. Diablo two, I played it when it was out. Diablo two, reincarnated or whatever it's called. I played just recently. I actually platinum the Diablo three before the Necromancer pack came out. The only game I've ever platinumed on on PlayStation. Oh, nice. So. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. The graphics look awesome. Um, the story's usually just about the same between all of the Diablos. They just they change it up a little bit, but yeah, um, Diablo's dead. No, wait, Diablo's back. You got to kill Diablo. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it looks like there's a lot of really cool uh, real world events, and 
you no longer like progress through chapters it seems like they have like a whole like open world thing where you actually have to you know go through and, and get to the stuff yeah you know so it, it seems really interesting and it looks like they they've they <laughs> they don't churn out a game every year so it's like diablo 3 released what probably like 15 years ago 12 jeez no, it's... that was, I think, the length between Diablo 2 and 3. Diablo 3. Diablo 3, I'll just look it up real quick. If only I had Google. <laughs> uh, 2012, 10 years. Okay, so. Almost to the day. Oh, I was pretty, well, I was pretty close. But Yeah, it, no, I thought it was sooner. It's pretty exciting. I'll, I'll probably end up uh, getting it just because, I don't know, I feel like it's one of the first ones to really... The first franchise to really uh, accelerate that type of game, that like action RPG. Does anyone remember? I know that was part of the Xbox event. Would did they say it was part of Game Pass or no? It is. It is okay. If not, it'll be like three months afterwards when Microsoft owns them. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of the Bethesda stuff like almost immediately came over when they first mm-hmm. did all that. Like the Elder Scrolls stuff came, and Doom, and like. Right now, you can just download every single Doom that ever existed right off there. Is Diablo is there... Bethesda? No. No, 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 okay. no. Blizzard. Blizzard. Activision. Okay, so, okay. Like, oh, that's, that's right. Yeah, okay, like, okay. Gonna... Gotcha, got you. Yeah, yeah. Integrate quickly is what yeah, I think. Yeah, I got you. But okay. They already was there announced... a release date for Diablo 4 announced? Uh, that I don't recall. I think they just gave a year as in next year. Yeah, sometime yeah. 2023. But it's considered part of um Phil's promise next 12 months. Yeah. Actually, that was that lady that said it. Sorry, lady, I don't remember her name. <laughs> That's sexist of me, I know. Uh, but I was curious, though, because this is kind of going in that Guild Wars dynamic where it's the big open world and then, like, instance dungeons kind of MMO hybrid. Yeah. So I'm really curious how that'll work out. Like, I like the idea of, like, having these big bosses, like, everyone teams up to fight. But if the game's not popular, there's not enough people to fight the boss. That or that is, or it's uh, like yeah, Destiny, yeah. where like I thought no it like one Destiny gives a shit events. about patrols. Yeah, you know, there's it's got to keep it engaging. Like Lost Ark had that content too, like big world bosses. They were timed though, so people would just fast travel in like two minutes before it started, and you got like fifty people breaking down and kicking the shit out of this thing, and it was fun. And so I'm wondering how Diablo, the how they'll handle that. That the bosses will scale to the amount of players. Um, just how far it is to travel. Will there be a fast travel thing? There's some questions there. I really like Diablo 3. I played that one a lot. I got back into it and Reaper of Souls came out, the expansion. And I killed, I think, Diablo again. I think that was the storyline. <laughs> um, it was fun. I'm excited for crossplay. It'll make it easier for me to play with people. I played Diablo 3 completely solo. Kicked ass as a sorcerer, badass, Mr. <laughs> Wizard, time traveling, pulling out my scorn rolls and killing oh, people yeah. with them. And I'm really excited. I know they brought the Barbarian back. I'm excited to morb out as the Barbarian and just <laughs> oh, start slaying put... shit. <laughs> He's doing this on purpose. It, you know, it's it's the original looter shooter without the shooter. <laughs> it's just the looter. It's the looter. It's the slooter. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a looter. It's a slooter. Yeah, I never I never really got into Diablo. Like, I've heard a lot of people talk about them. And they, just looking from the trailer, like, it looked interesting enough to me that I would try it. Especially if it's on Game Pass, like I have no reason not to try it then. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm interested to see when it finally releases because I might actually dive into this one and give it at least give it a shot. 
And they announced that dedicated, like, PvP area, which I know people enjoyed from, like, Diablo 2. I don't think Diablo 3 had PvP. No, they did not. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, there was no PvP there. But I mean, I don't think it'll be, like, I hope hope they don't try and eSport it, like, Overwatch. That's all I'll say. (laughs) Oh, God. I I mean, I'm looking forward to Diablo 4. I'm going to play it, probably right at release. Um, You know, Diablo 3, I got into... Probably like two months I spent playing Diablo 3 where got really heavy into it. And then it gets to a point, I guess, with Diablo 3 where there's just like all it becomes eventually is here's the same thing you've already done, just with more health. And, you know, like it just becomes things get more tankier, you know, once you get into like the very end game. Yeah. You know, your gear score gets high enough and then... It felt like it could have used, like, I don't know, something to incentivize you to play all the way to, like, max gear score. I mean, they had some cool stuff in 3 with the expansion, like, adding the greater rifts where you just got, like, enemies that would, like, always be on fire to hurt you. Or, like, they would have combo electrocution attacks. Like, they started adding stuff like that and just randomizing it more, which is really cool. It wasn't, like, you could still one-hit some bosses in that with the right build. And I know with the different seasons, people have been excited. Like they'll play seasonal characters to this day in Diablo Three. I think they're on season twenty-five yep. or some bullshit, yep. just to get like the seasonal armor and shit, trying out new builds. So there's definitely well, they can do the longevity. I think we all know. And I'm not saying you're not saying that, but there's stuff. Yeah, no, like yeah, there's stuff. And like to me, the interesting like where I got fun for like the end game was their like survival mode, you like the permadeath mode. Oh, hardcore, it, it, like that. Yeah, like th- that I got some fun out of seeing how far I could make it and then starting over again. And, you know, like it to me, that was more fun than the just build upon build upon build. Because I, I want to say I played mostly, was it a Crusader? Oh, yeah, that was an awesome build. Yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with that. But it, it got to like Ian said, like a point you're just one shotting everything. Once you've built so well and you get so far beyond, it's just. You try the game doesn't keep up with you. That's when you go to the next class and right. start all over. But it, it was I mean, I, I love the ridiculous things, and I hope they don't shy away from that in the future too. Cause I like I remember having a I don't know if it was a staff or a spear or something like that. You'd swing it and then like four cows would come out and attack the enemy oh, yeah. with you. Like, there's there's the secret cow level, yep. <laughs> yeah, like having some ridiculous stuff too will have to be there for me. But I'm looking forward to it. It'll be fun. Um, all right, so I guess that's probably it for Diablo. Mike, we'll circle back around to you for your next one. Uh, my next one, I'm going to talk about Witchfire, which actually, Brian and Ian, we talked about that a long time ago, uh, briefly, on a podcast that I hosted a long time ago. <laughs> um, we, we had actually talked about this. Uh, so for those who don't know, Witchfire is... Uh, being developed by another indie developer, uh, so they're publishing and developing it, uh, named The Astronauts. They're a Polish developer that is known for The Vanishing of Ethan Carter, and a lot of their devs also worked on Painkiller and Bulletstorm. None of that really applies to Witchfire, um, because I believe Painkiller and Bulletstorm are both top-down type shooters. No, uh, Bulletstorm was a third-person action shooter, Voice, but the main character voiced by Steve Bloom, and you could unlock Duke Nukem as the main character. <laughs> nice. Silly bastard shit in my toilet. 
Uh, so the Witchfire is going to be a dark fantasy type of game, but with guns. Um, so to me, like this was the first real gameplay trailer I think we've seen. I've seen some like dev tests and other trailers, but nothing that actually like rang as like true gameplay. Um, of what they, I guess, think the final build might look like. And this, to me, looked like you took a mix of Destiny, Doom, and Dark Souls and just, like, mashed it together and this is what came out. Because, um, like, it, the Dark Souls part for me is just kind of the dark fantasy environment. You know, like, the way the levels look, everything is... It has a really good dark fantasy vibe. Um, but the, the abilities and the gunplay, that looks and feels a lot like destiny i'm pretty sure we even see like uh what is the warlock thing they can do in destiny where they shoot the three flaming orbs out of their hand as a melee ability the, snap, the mustang snapfire sure that's the anime um, character that does that <laughs> oh well it, it, it it's literally we see almost an identical ability to what you see happen in destiny happening here which i th thought was kind of weird um but also cool and it looks like the gunplay is going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and then you got the the way the enemies seem to come in waves, and then you have a big enemy comes in, and then, I don't know, the, the enemies gave me a lot of doom. It, it didn't look like quite as fast-paced, but you have a dash mechanic in it, the way that you do in Doom Eternal, that really gave it that kind of feel to me. Like, oh, you're fighting, you're fighting, oh, dash, dash. It looked amazing. To me, Like the, the combat here looked incredible because they're giving you options with how to attack each individual situation. And, you know, like things like you see the character approach the, the group of enemies all around this, like, semi-transparent bell. And it's like, if you're overwhelmed, ring the bell and it stuns the enemies. That's kind of fucking cool. Um, I don't know. They, what did you guys think? I, I've talked about this at length before. It looks like a lot of fun to me. I want to see more of what it's going to be, and I want to hear more about what it's going to be or what the story is or something. But so far, I mean, I'm all in on this one, obviously. So I've been following this one for a while because I follow the creative director, Adrian Chimera. I can't pronounce his last name <laughs> on Twitter. And he's been tweeting about it, sharing images to the blog for years. And I've always thought it looked really cool. So I'm happy to see it, like, maybe coming to life. They said Q4 2022 is when early access is going to start, assuming they're happy with it. And then probably sometime over the year after that, we'd get a full release. It looks, it still looks really cool. I've seen that one part of the trailer. I think the early part, like they've shown that very little snippet, like a couple times over the years, just trying to explain what they're doing with the game. And I'm very excited for it. I know one of the things they're doing is um, like Ethan Carter, they use something called photogrammetry which is where you take uh, pictures of real-life objects from different angles and then use software to recreate it in, like, engine. So that's how they're doing, like, a lot of the environment work and stuff. Someone actually asked if that's how they also made the monsters in the game. And Someone asked that? <laughs> yeah, and the response was, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's really cool. I hope it was sarcastic. <laughs> I'm very excited to... See it. I, I I think these guys are doing a really good job. Um, like I said, I really enjoyed Bulletstorm for what it was at the time, and I'm excited to see how this eventually comes out. 
Yeah, I don't know. I was I had to try to rewatch the trailer a little bit because I couldn't remember what what it looked like. But yeah, I mean the the gameplay and stuff looks pretty cool. Like I can I can get the Destiny type of vibes. Like it looks like the dude's just rolling around with a hand cannon and shooting shit. So yeah. that looks cool. Yeah, I I don't remember if uh, that was that was a summer game fest thing, right? It wasn't at the Xbox event. That was at the summer right. game fest. Okay, so. If it was at the Xbox event, I would assume, you know, 80% of that stuff was hitting Game Pass. So I don't know. I doubt this is going to hit Game Pass then. So I don't know whether I'll I'll pay the money to try it. Uh, but if it eventually hits somewhere where I can I can get it cheaply or, or you know, hear from you guys that it's very that good, um, I, I might think about diving in. But off off the bat, I don't know if I'd, if I'd dive in at full price. I, I don't know that it's been announced officially for anything except PC at this point. Yeah, okay, fair. Then, yeah, oh, I don't know Masterclass, get out of here. <laughs> I do. I do not know it, it. It, Ian, you may know. I was to say not only that, but it's currently an Epic Store exclusive. Okay. Oh, okay. It's, I didn't know that part. They either. said it'll come to they... other platforms later, but that's all we know. Gotcha. Okay, so it's going to launch with Epic Store. Yeah, probably similar to how Hades got launched. Okay. Uh, Andy, you going to buy a PC for this one? Uh, I, I desperately need a new <laughs> PC, but this sounds really cool. <laughs> Uh, my question is, does is it as difficult as like a Dark Souls game is, or does it look more like no. like you're rolling around like a third person shooter? Like it's not that. It's bad. a first person shooter, okay. um, and it's I don't think there's any kind of like Dark Souls vibe to it, other than in just the... like environmental like theme, right? Okay. Like yeah. and it, it has bosses that are named with a red bar. You know what I mean? But a lot of games do right. that. Destiny but, like, does the, that. They, yeah, they, the the health bars that show up above enemies' heads have a very Dark Souls look and feel to them, but I I, I don't think they've never described it as that kind of game from anything I've right. ever seen of them. It, it, it's <laughs> just the aesthetic, okay, of it. That's it got that feel. Yeah, it sounds cool, but I've been burned by Destiny twice now, so I don't know that <laughs> I, I'd really want to get well, into something like this. We'll again. keep asking, Andy. Yeah. Destiny three. <laughs> I, I I don't think that this game is anything like the gameplay loop of Destiny, oh, like a looter like shooter a, kind of thing. Like I don't think it's anything like that. I think like it's, it's just, just single player, like Doom. Yeah. more like Doom okay. than okay. Destiny. I don't know. From like that yeah, perspective, it's, it's just the gunplay and abilities looked a little bit like Destiny. That's all. I don't know. First person shooters to me just just they don't get the um replayability out of them that I used to. So. That's fair. Gotcha. Uh, anything else for this one? Uh, Ian, was that a uh, Full Metal Alchemist? With, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Mustang, yeah, yeah yes. The Snapfire, yeah. Just the Snap, yeah. yeah, yeah. You said, they added you that said to it Destiny. so quick, and then I was like, oh, yeah, I do know what that's from. <laughs> Fuck yeah, someone got it. <laughs> Sat on that connection for ten minutes. That was a fucking good show. <laughs> Um, all right, Ian, what's your second game? It's a Scornucopia. <laughs> oh, God damn it, no. <laughs> the Pacerna games are a fantastic blend of story-driven visual novel, JRPG, and romance. game has been out on PlayStation for a long time. It's now coming out to PC and Xbox. Persona 5 is the sixth installment in the Persona series, part of the larger Megumi Tensai franchise, originally released in 2016. The Enhanced Royal version released in 2019. Persona 5, including the Royale version, is the best-selling game in the franchise, and the main character, Joker, appeared in Smash. 
Alongside the normal school, everyday modern life, where you're working part-time jobs, you're hanging out with friends trying to find romance, there's a secret going on, and you have to investigate the metaverse to find out the truth of what's really going on with your alternate personalities, with your friends and comrades, trying to break out and find out, what is this mystery? What is life? Can we do it? Yes, we can, Bob the fucking builder. Let's go. I... Played Persona 4 Golden the day it released on Steam. I have been waiting and begging them to give me more Persona. They announced not just Persona 5 Royale. They're giving us PlayStation... Persona 3 Portable released on the PlayStation Portable as well. But Royale is coming out this calendar year. And I can't wait. And it's day one on Game Pass when it comes out. But it's already been out on PlayStation for like six years. So it's not really day one on... But you get it. You get it. I'm very excited. Did you, It'll did be you on see, Game Pass. That's did you see the th- other three of us gloss over as soon as you started talking about Persona? I'm like, I thought you did out. that, but it, that's why I tried to get you in with the Scornicopia. <laughs> I was like, now he's got to listen for at least five words. <laughs> to be fair, he kind of fumbled the first time he said Persona, and it didn't sound like Persona to me, so I was wondering what he was talking about at first. And then he <laughs> said it again, and I was like, oh, never mind. I've actually... No, I'm kidding. I've actually been curious about the games. They they look like they're pretty cool games. Um my brother's really into like the JRPGs and stuff, so I I tend to get a lot of uh, vibes. Vibes is that what you said? Yeah, yeah from, from you love <laughs> vibes from yeah from him. So like he'll he'll get a JRPG. I'll go over and watch him play, and I'm like, hey, that actually looks really cool. Like maybe I should play that. But backlog and game ADD it just doesn't work. So well, you get a so guess... Persona trifecta with this. There three three Persona games are hitting Xbox. So I guess, like, I would have a couple of questions that I feel like, to me personally, they don't do a necessarily the best job of, in their advertising for this series. Okay, so I see the Persona series. One, like you said, there's a bunch of different titles, and it get, gets confusing, and it's just like, okay, I as soon as that starts, I just kind of check out. Like, I if I don't know where to start, or I don't know what I'm supposed to play, or I'm not figuring out this shit. Make it simpler. Um... And I'm not saying it's that complicated, but it's still like, oh, Persona 5, the sixth game in the series. Like, God damn it. This isn't Kingdom um, Hearts. Don't worry. No, that one's the worst for it. That honestly probably is the worst numbered titled game in history. But That'll Metal Gear. Maybe. Um, I, I guess the, the other part of it is, is I have seen advertising for it. I've seen people talk about it. And the thing I've never heard once anybody tell me is what? is the genre of game. So I will ask you directly, Ian, what is the genre of JRPG. Persona games? They're JRPG. It is a, so it's similar to Final Fantasy then. Yeah, the or what Final Fantasy just has like become. That. The difference is is the their stories told visual novel style with like a character like on screen and then the dialogue. They're not there's some animated cutscenes but nothing that you would get from a Final Fantasy level. It's more okay. subdued. I'm not sure about Persona 5 if that's changed because it was a pretty big graphical leap from 4 to 5 for them. So there right. might be a bigger difference there. But yeah, there's a lot of the like day-to-day normal. It's uh, They all take place usually over one calendar school year of you being a Japanese high school student. So you also have like a part-time job, doing stuff with friends, playing games. But then there's a mystery to solve and you go into the world. This one happens to be called the Metaverse, trademarked meta and you go in and you summon these demons and you recruit the demons to do your fighting jrpg style like you have different ones you can control and collect kind of like pokemon is it is it kind of like disgaea 
Yeah. Okay. Disgaea was really yeah. cool, actually. So I, I would I would play Persona Five then. Yeah, I was gonna say in that description, you both lost me and brought me back in at the same time. <laughs> you were like, "You're gonna play as a Japanese high school student." I just checked out. I'm like, "No, never mind." And then you said, "But you get to use your demons to fight for you in battle." I'm like, "Oh no, wait!" <laughs> and also <laughs> in this one, you're a Japanese high school st- student that starts the game suspended because of physical violence. You're pushing me out again. That's all right. You've lost me from the start, but that's fine because I think my next one he's gonna he Liam won't even check in for mine. You got scorn? No. <laughs> no, we we know what he's coming with next, and we know what you're gonna say. But go on. Oh, I, okay. I wasn't gonna use that as a segue in case we wanted anything else, but I'll, I'll take it. Uh, next game for me again, another obvious one that I know we've talked about before. Um, they showed a little bit more of the game. Um, but of course, but I think by the time this episode releases. This will have released to the public, uh, okay. so I just be as excited about it then. So, this is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Shredder's Revenge. So it's the throwback TMNT arcade style game that is releasing on PC, PlayStation, Nintendo Switch, Xbox, and it's a day one release on Xbox Game Pass. It will have seven playable characters: the four turtles, Splinter, April, and the newly announced Casey Jones. Uh, it will feature six player co op for local and online. And it releases on June 16th, and it's available to buy, if you're not on Game Pass, for 25 bucks. Which, all of that sounds amazing to me. Even if it wasn't on Game Pass for 25 bucks, got it. Like, I'm, I'm highly debating even just buying it for my Switch, and then playing it on Game Pass for free. Like, that's that's kind of where I'm at. But, I'm I'm excited. It, it's, it's a cool style of game, a throwback that I, I think I've kind of been itching for and not really realizing it until I saw the trailer. Like, yes, I could totally go for that and play that. I think it just looks a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm in, I know Ian's checked out. He's not. So, <laughs> so I don't know. I mentioned earlier, like got games like scorn, um, the yeah, pen and Ince. there's these great games that game pass is bringing in and making it. And then you have this diatribe of regurgitated nostalgia nonsense coming out day one on game pass and it's like be better be better <laughs> fuck the turtles suck my dick <laughs> alright so for the people that might actually be excited for this Andy what do you think I, of this one it, it looks really cool and it reminds me of playing the Ninja Turtles arcade game with you guys at replay effects and just having an absolute oh, yeah. fucking blast just ripping into it and being really terrible at it but it was a free play so it didn't really much matter I don't yeah. know it, it, it is their couch co-op and online co-op on it yes that, that sounds awesome to me yes uh mike i think you're probably excited for this too aren't you um absolutely <laughs> um i mean i i cannot tell you how many times as a kid i played through turtles in time sitting at home um and, you know it was one of those things that like I played, you know, like, what was it, Turtles 2 and 3 for NES were also, like, the arcade-style beat-em-ups, and then yeah. you get Turtles in Time was technically Turtles 4, and then there was a different one for Genesis, but it played much the same. I played the shit out of all of these games. I fucking loved them. And it just in general, the arcade-style beat-em-ups like that, love them. You know, like, if you're talking X-Men, oh, X-Men The so Simpsons. Good. Simpsons was a lot of fun, yeah. You've got so many of these, and as Andy said, like, oh, we're not getting any good at it. There was no being good at those games. That, like, it's to me, like, there was no, like, oh, skill trade. They were designed to suck your quarter. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're quarter yeah. eaters. So, 
that's the type of thing like replay effects and just an open arcade machine is fucking perfect for RIP replay effects. There. It'll come back. I have faith. <laughs> It'll happen again. But it, you you just have an open arcade to play it on with some friends and you just sit there and blast through it until the end. This type of game it, where I, I want to say like the remade Turtles in Time felt like it was rebalanced, just like Turtles in Time as well was that leap to where they felt rebalanced for home play, not yeah. to suck your quarters down. So like start to finish, that one I played dozens of times in single sittings because it wasn't very long. And I can't wait to give this one a shot. Um, having up to six players, my only question would be is like, have they thought about balancing that? Yeah, I mean, they showed a little bit of six people playing at one time. It just looks very busy on screen, so I don't know how well it's going to play when you're actually playing with six people. But just the having the ability to do that, I think, is pretty cool. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm, I'll be there playing it, like, for sure. Yeah. Andy, you got something uh, to add? I was just going to say, yeah, sometimes in, in the actual arcade, when you run some of the big cabinets, if you had a lot of players, sometimes you were, like, enemy-starved. You're just like run. Oh, get it! No, no, yeah. he got. Oh, oh uh, no, he got him. Uh, yeah, no, he he, cleared, got him. he cleared the screen too yeah. quickly. <laughs> yeah. Or is um, that one person that won't walk to the right and they're? Oh yeah, yeah those fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, next up, we'll go to Andy's. So next one. my next one, I chose Final Fantasy 16, and um, it looks pretty cool. I'm I'm not gonna. Uh, light like the graphics look really neat it looks like they have some pretty interesting uh storylines in play there it looks like a lot of the old final fantasy summons are playable as characters that turn into the summons like they had ifrit and bahamut and shiva and um uh odin i can't remember some of the others but it it, it looked like a pretty neat game but I feel like they are doing longtime fans of the game a disservice by making these Final Fantasy, not offshoots, just actual Final Fantasy games into action games. The gameplay looked horrendous to me. That that's not like it's not the turn based. No, it's like it's fighting that they it's used like to do. Kingdom Hearts, you're you're like Dynasty Warriors, and that just doesn't that doesn't look. There's a time. There's Did a some time. of them give you the option to turn that on and off, or was it once they choose to do that, that's the way you have you to play. Have it. That's to play it. it that way. I would love the, if they made okay. like you know like the the strategy one and then like the action one. That'd be awesome. But no, like yeah. every Final Fantasy now is is exactly like like a, an action RPG, and I feel like they're doing their fans okay. a disservice by doing it that way. I don't like do the Final Fantasy offshoots action. RPG and then do like the mainstream Final Fantasy ones, you know, like they used to. Like that what made yeah the franchise popular. Right. Uh anybody you got anything to add for Final Fantasy? I, I, I agree with Andy. Okay. I, I honestly like I haven't played a Final Fantasy game since the original seven. Great game. Um, Great game. I tried to play it was, and, and and I I remember like I tried to play the seven remake when it came out, and the disc I got sent was garbage, and it didn't work. So I had to like return it, and rather than buy another one, I just returned it, 
and said, oh, I'll get to it eventually, and I just kind of gave up at that point. But, I, I, you know, I kind of agree where, like, Final Fantasy was a great turn-based RPG franchise, and there's just not a lot of no, that around. Isn't. Well, JRPGs, there's a lot of really good ones, but Final Fantasy sort of, like, sprung that whole thing. <laughs> so... Um, Ian, is this in your wheelhouse at all? I never got real into the Final Fantasies. Obviously, I like JRPGs. I just never got into these ones. I tried playing ten, and I just didn't click with me. My brother loves it. I also tried playing fourteen, but that's a that's MMO, an MMO, yep, and not and not turn based. <laughs> <laughs> so that's nothing to do with this. I mean, I I get it. They're trying to expand their audience. I think by going to the more Western style of action gameplay. Um, Yakuza kind of did the opposite. They went from an action beat-em-up to Yakuza 7 being a more classical JRPG. So they went in kind of the opposite direction. So I, I'm just curious though, if that's a mandate at Square that like, hey, we need to get the Japanese out of the RPG. Or if that's a creative level at the more director level, you know. If yeah. it goes how high up in corporate that decision's being made. Yeah, I don't know if I I don't usually dive into a lot of Final Fantasy games, so I don't have too much to to chime in with. So I don't. Even, I probably won't even check this one out, to be honest. The sword wasn't big enough. I'll say it. <laughs> else did. I just I I remember being so excited about the last Final Fantasy and actually got a PS4 specifically to play this game to, to play the game. And I remember yeah. downloading the demo and starting to play it, and I'm like, what the fuck am I playing right now? Am I playing like Kingdom Hearts? Like you're running around. I'm I'm running around a fucking like. I think it was like a child's playroom, killing shadows or something like. Not like just mashing buttons. I'm like, this is awful, awful. Yeah. You might actually have been playing Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> that sounds exactly <laughs> like Kingdom Hearts. Like I'm just playing the second half of the first Kingdom Hearts, where you're playing as the Final <laughs> Fantasy character. Download the damn Final Fantasy 15 demo and, and tell me that's not what you're trying to play. <laughs> that's fair. I don't know that that doesn't happen in Final Fantasy 15. Um, all right, so we'll loop back around to Mike for your third game. Uh, third game I'm going to talk about tonight is Marvel's Midnight Suns. Kind of fitting, because we were just talking about kind of turn-based games. Um, but before that, uh, take a seat, class. It's time for Comic Book Origins, because I bet none of you know what those are. So Midnight the Suns? Yeah. Oh, okay. The Midnight Suns first appeared uh, in a comic book kind of event called The Rise of the Midnight Suns. Uh, they were appearing in issues of Morbius. Uh, there was a dark hole. Oh, you did it too, you bastard. It was Morbin time. Um, yeah! Uh, I'm all in. The Darkhold and Night Stalkers. Uh, and from 1993 to 1995, uh, the mid- now this is Midnight Suns, spelled differently. This is S-O-N-S. They have changed that to S-U-N-S because they are including female team members. So it makes sense, of course. Um, but Mar- Midnight Suns Unlimited was its own anthology series. Uh, it was written by Howard Mackey and drawn by Andrew Kubert. And the, the original, school. the original story, the backstory is that the team was formed by both jo- Danny Ketch and Johnny Blaze to combat the reawakening of Lilith, the mother of demons. Uh, the original team 
was both of those Ghost Riders, Danny Ketchum, Johnny Blaze, if you didn't know, both were Ghost Rider. Blade, Morbius, was an original one of the Midnight Suns. So there, there you go. Ian's in. He's going to play now. Uh, Hannibal King, who, if you remember Hannibal King from Blade Trinity, was played by Ryan Reynolds. Uh, somebody named Frank Drake, who I've never heard of. A uh, character named Vengeance and a group called the Darkhold Redeemers. I think that's Nathan Drake's dad. <laughs> Might be. Um, and eventually, Doctor Strange joins the group to help out in that original run. Later, the team resurfaced in Marvel Zombies. That team was made up of Hellstorm, Jennifer Kale, Man-Thing, and Werewolf by Night. So... You have this very obscure thing that, honestly, until they started talking about releasing this as a video game, I had no idea that it existed. I'd never heard of it. Had any of you actually ever heard of this before nope. the game? I thought that was just the name. Nope. The yep, exactly. It sounded vaguely familiar, but I couldn't tell you what team of Marvel it came from. Okay. So, obviously, for the game, they're, you see, like, in all the advertising, they're throwing in Wolverine, which, why the hell wouldn't they if they want to sell stuff? In spite, yeah, and puts butts in seats. So, <laughs> yeah, they're going to put their money makers in there, um, and that's not a problem. Uh, but this is actually going to be a kind of an action turn-based kind of game, and they also said almost card-based is the way that they played it, as opposed to just a standard turn-based RPG. There's going to be a bit of randomness to it, um, with like the deck. You know the car, the cards playing a factor in it, as opposed to just having abilities that reset in this many turns. It's going to be a card flip for what's exactly going to happen. So it's going to be like a Marvel strategy deck building game. I don't know that there's deck building in it. I I didn't see anything specifically about building, but there. I guess there's going to be randomness to huh. how the cards play out. There is like a um, they have a demo of like a twenty minute boss battle against Venom out there that you can watch. Um, I just I wasn't gonna watch a whole twenty minute demo of a battle that I'm eventually going to play myself when I play the game. I'd rather just experience it. But if you wanted to see exactly how it works, you could watch that. Um, but this looks like a very cool story that they're gonna tell. the The trailer looked pretty cool, like. Looks like I'm guessing this villain that we see in the trailer is meant to be this Lilith. And she somehow looks to be controlling other superheroes. So that looks like it's going to be fun. Um, but it has a little bit of Ultimate Alliance 2 vibes there where that kind of happens there where you got to fight other superheroes. Um but uh, it, to me, it looks like it's fun. It's going to be a different experience for a Marvel game. And I think that's an important thing that we like. I really want to see. Is it drawing comparisons to XCOM or developers? It's, it's did, the XCOM, XCOM developers. Okay, all right. Yeah, I know I've seen um, XCOM thrown around with this game. I, I think one of the biggest things they said in the difference between this and XCOM, it, it, like two main differences. One, they're not going to miss. Moves are not going to miss. They it's. I believe they describe that because they're superheroes. Is Spider-Man really going to miss a big target? No. That's fair. I understand that. The other one is that cover's not going to matter. Um, I And I feel like this is probably going to be like a, similar to XCOM, but significantly easier 
Yeah. If I had to guess, because it's a Marvel game, it's being marketed not to just adults that like that style of game. It's being marketed also to a lot of children that they want to be able to get through the game and experience the story. Yeah, so. I don't I, like. I'm curious just because it's Marvel, but I don't know how quickly I'll jump in to check it out. Fuck them kids. <laughs> is that because it's turn based and like XCOM, or is it? It's just yeah. I think it's more just because like that it? that type of style of game isn't typically something I go for. But they might get me in the door with Marvel to try it. Well, like if it, if it wasn't skins, Marvel related, I probably wouldn't in. try it. What's that? If they let you buy skins, you're all in. Possibly. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll you see. Get if you pre-order it, co- <laughs> you, you pre-order it comes with a Doctor Strange skin. Yeah, Doctor Strange wasn't enough to, do, to get it for me. But he looks like Spider-Man. <laughs> for me, I, I generally don't play these types of games either, but I feel like that's part of the reason why I want to play it. Yeah. Is to experience a bit of how these characters can play out from a different perspective, as opposed to mash A to make Wolverine slice shit. You know? Yeah. I, I think it could be fun to mess around with. In that yeah, I'd sense. be more curious. I'll wait and see what the reviews are like and what other people tell me before I really dive in. But I'm I'm curious. I'll definitely give this one a try. I think it looks really cool. Ian, are you avoiding or trying? Um, it's more of a wait and see how it ends up playing. I kind of like XCOM games, but yeah, if it's like super easy cape shit, I might just not play it. Fair enough. Uh, all right, so Ian, third third game. What do you got? Hideo Kojima came out to make the most important <laughs> and only worthwhile announcement at the Xbox Game Showcase. A game he has always wanted to make that has never been experienced before. Utilizing the cloud and analyzing industry trends, Kojima will challenge himself with this never-before-seen concept. This concept and utilizing the cloud could be so many different ideas. For example, say the cloud is actually creating the game to simulate the events of an espionage mission, to provide the player with military training, while actually serving as a microcosm of society as we transition past the social media age, with the cloud worried that humanity would become overly fixated on trending that would lose the will to defend itself. After completing the espionage mission to complete their training, the player then tries to build bridges across America to bring together various groups of people to work for the greater good instead of being stranded in isolated communities but the cloud is actually double crossing you and was working for dr michael morbius the whole time to distract you so we could more about in the real world while you were stranded in the cloud world building connections in a strand type game i hate everything about that There's like every kojima game rolled into one and you fucking put in the morbius shit i'm checked Ooh. out I don't two. Care what this that's, is. that's Middle Gear Two plus <laughs> Strand, Death Stranding crossed together and fucking into the ultimate cloud experience. Yeah, I don't know. Like, we have no idea what this game is. Like, I'm I'm excited to just see Kojima. Like, sure, he's gonna throw his hat in with Xbox, see what this cloud stuff. But this is like five years away. We're never gonna see this anytime soon. Probably seven. I am curious if this is the game Norman Reedus thinks of Death Stranding too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is anybody else like Ian's got some real hyped excitement for a lot of stuff he talked about today? Anybody else that excited about Kojima coming to Xbox? Uh, I'm I'm very excited. That's it. That's all I've got. I'm very excited. There's no <laughs> There's no more information here. But yeah, so, go ahead, Andy. It's just I can't say that I've ever really played one of his games, but I mean, he's very well thought of. So I mean, anything that he does, you're, you're going to take with some weight. So you never played any Metal Gear? I thought you. I kind of sworn you played no, some Metal I never Gear. Did. Okay, was it Matthew? I don't think. No, Did he play it? Never played Metal Gear. All right, then I'm maybe just misremembering mis- a bunch of crap. 
I could have sworn we played it at your house before, but I'm, maybe I'm just out of it. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Again, next couple of years, who knows if we get any more, like, even a title at some point, but... Yeah, it's nice to see Silent him Hill. try just, something out, just, but we'll see. I know how Silent it'll Hill. start. That's all we need. It'll Silent say, a Kojima, a Kojima Studios production, a game by Hideo Kojima, directed by Hideo Kojima. <laughs> Give himself three credits Guillermo right Del off the Toro, bat. And it's Silent Hill. Yeah, we'll cross your fingers for it, maybe. It's not going to happen. Um, all right, so next one for me. So, again, I took the other obvious one, which was Starfield. So we've also covered this one before in past years. Uh, was supposed to be out by the end of the year, got delayed to sometime in 2023. Um, Todd Howard showed up at the end of the Xbox event to show off some gameplay, shared some other details about the game. So we got a little bit of the first-person shooter gameplay. It also looks like there's some third-person stuff to it. Uh, it seemed fine. Didn't really blow me away for the shooter aspect, but you know, that's fine. Um, I think we were shown a very in-depth character creation mode where you can pick your look, choose a background, optional traits, all that stuff's in there. Uh, they showed a bit of like mining resources, which pretty much just look like no man's sky stuff to me. Um, you can build up a base of operations to have the base gather resources and stuff like that. Uh, they showed a pretty cool, what I thought looked pretty cool spaceship customization. Uh, so I don't know how much, like what the other ships look like. If it's just one base ship and you just add little sections to it, or if you it's like start from scratch with completely other different spaceships and then build around those, but you can make a spaceship and fly it around, which sounds awesome. Um, they've teased that there are over 100 systems and over 1000 planets to explore in this universe, which just sounds insane. Um, it seems like a mix between in my mind, no man's sky star citizen, maybe a little bit of mass effect thrown in. Just the sheer amount of things to do sounds very overwhelming to me, but I'm I'm just interested to see how this comes together. I would love to be able to have some co-op in a game like this. Just exploring a galaxy that's that big on your own doesn't seem as fun to me. Um, but I'm I'm definitely still interested to see what happens with this and where it goes. Uh, did this hit anybody else's radar? So I've been waiting for this game for a while, and everything that they've announced actually on this actually to me sounded. I'm like, that's No Man's Sky. Mm, that's No Man's Sky. <laughs> that's No Man's Sky. Uh, and in fact, like the 100 systems and 1,000 planets or whatever they said, like yeah. No Man's Sky is procedurally generated. So it, it like it's got more than that. Which I think so, Starfield does the same type of thing. I think they are procedurally generated uh, systems and planets and all that stuff also. So it does seem, you're right. It does seem I, very much like yeah, No Man's I, Sky. Yeah, I just, I, I, I feel like it's been done, but like I love Bethesda games, and if it's an RPG, I don't know. I it'll be interesting to compare the two, uh, having played No Man's Sky for a little bit. But No Man's Sky is kind of like Ark in the aspect where you feel like that's the only game that you can play. So I feel like Starfield's going to be yeah. the same way. And that's where my hang up kind of is. And I feel like you know the No Man's Sky comparison is No Man's Sky started single player only. You weren't able to meet other people nope. online. And then eventually they said, no, wait, everyone wants to play with each other in a spaceship like with a galaxy that big. So I feel like they have to do this in this game eventually. Maybe not at the start, but eventually maybe make that possible. I don't know. Starfield seventy six. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Uh, Andy or uh, sorry, Ian, uh, real quick, is this on your radar at all? Uh, it is. Um, the other thing they mentioned, there's only four cities, but uh, New Atlantis is, they said, the largest city they've ever created. And uh, Todd Howard always tells lies. Todd Howard <laughs> is a known liar, so I'm curious what he lied to us about. 
I guess, yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Mike, where do you fall with Starfield? I'm very interested. I'm gonna, it's a Bethesda game, so when it launches, I'm gonna wait probably a year until <laughs> all the bugs are worked out and it actually functions. Yeah. Uh, before I play it. But it is. Um, because if they're talking 100 planets and or 100 systems, 1,000 planets, it's going to, you're going to start it up and it's just going to explode. But this one. is a Microsoft-owned Bethesda now, so this is their so should first be game, pass game. game collaboration-wise. So maybe they got their uh, playtesters play out there, get the, get the bugs squashed. It, yeah, I mean, the Game Pass thing, I'll, I'll try it if it's on Game Pass. But if it starts crashing... I'm just going to wait. Yeah. I got to wait for the anime mods. <laughs> um, Andy, we'll spin to you. Last game. Last you game got? I had was Stray. It's a, about a cyberpunk cat in a cyberpunk world. <laughs> um, you play as a stray cat, from what I can tell, in like a cyberpunk Tokyo, and you, your friends are like robots. It looks like a really interesting game, something that's like sort of off the beaten path, I would say. And yeah. um, it just it just looked really interesting. It, it's it's eye catching. The graphics look pretty cool. It I I couldn't tell what sort of like fight mechanics were in it. All all like things were chasing the cat, and it just sort of like ran away and whatnot. So I don't know if it's like one of those hide sneak Assassin's Creed type games. You know, I was gonna say I didn't get the feel that like the cat attacks a bunch of people. No, no so. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like it's the interactions it did with like a whole bunch of the robots and whatnot. So I I feel like I need to see a little bit more, but I think it's actually going to release this October I want to say it said I don't remember the date to no be but I it, it is this year but it, it it looked I think it looked to me like it wasn't as big and game-breaking as cyberpunk was and like a, a little <laughs> otter which I tend to sort of go for so I'm actually pretty yeah pretty excited about this I should I should have when I saw the trailer I should have pegged this this for you I don't know why I didn't like I just to me I was like this is not for me but I should have made the leap to you. Um, Ian, is this in your wheelhouse at all or no? I'm a little concerned that there seems to only be one walk animation in a game about a cat. That <laughs> was a little weird. Like it's literally just the same four legged walk. Like there didn't seem to be any variation. I'm curious if that'll change. Uh, just like Call of Duty, you know they're avoiding that scorn window, so it's not <laughs> releasing October twenty second. That area, just like COD, avoiding it. Uh, Mike Stray, what do you think? Um, it's something you know. If I can check it out at some point for cheap, I will definitely check it out. Um, it looks charming. Tier three PS Plus. I don't remember. Was that was that was Stray with the Xbox event or? Uh, I don't think it was Xbox Game, uh, Game Fest or the only I saw it was available for PS4 and PS5. So okay, so, so maybe it's the state of play for yeah. PlayStation. Okay, gotcha. Well, I think that's it, right? I think we covered everything, or everything that we felt like covering. Yeah. All right. So that's where we're gonna wrap up. I think for this one. Um. I don't really know what's, what's, what we're going to do next. I know there's a couple things in the pipeline that we could talk about. Um, we're going to take a little bit of a break. I'm on vacation next week, so you're not going to get an episode next week. So we'll come back with something after that and see what we can get into. Uh, but for now, uh, if you've enjoyed the show, please support us. Leave a five-star rating and review. Give us a share on social media. You can follow or subscribe to the show there. Find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google, Anchor, Stitcher, Amazon, 
Uh, hopefully, anywhere you're finding podcasts, you can find us. Uh, check us out on Facebook. Search Bright Guy and Super Friends or go to facebook.com slash Bright Guy Super Friends. You can send us questions, comments, topics, suggestions, any of that stuff there. Uh, try to email me, brightguysuperfriends at gmail.com. You can send it. I'll check it in three years. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, at BG Super Friends. Uh, that I will see. We'll, we can respond to that one. Uh, follow me on Twitch, Jedi Bright Guy, Jedi with an I, Bright with a Y. Uh, if we decide to do any more live streamed or recorded episodes for the podcast, we will do them there. Uh, feel free to follow if you want to see random gameplay here and there whenever I decide to stream some games. That happens rarely, but sometimes I do it. Uh, that's it. On behalf of Andy, Ian, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Score!